This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care specialist and toxicologist. Today, we're going to be talking about the dangers of spring cleaning. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, Dr. Justine Lee. Do you know what I love? My cat, Lola. What I love about her is whenever I take a nap or go to sleep, she always wants to snuggle right up against me. You know what I don't love? cleaning up after Lola's litter box, which is why Arm & Hammer created new cloud control litter. There's no clouds of nasties when I scoop. It's 100% dust-free, free of heavy perfumes, and helps reduce airborne dander from scooping. So what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. New cloud control cat litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, we're going to be talking about potential dangers seen around springtime or spring cleaning time. So if you like to garden, some of the first few things that I wanted to talk about are the dangers of plants or flowers that could be indoor or outdoor. Now, before you bring any plants into the household, even if it came from a florist or you're cutting some flowers from the garden to bring them inside, you have to pay special attention especially if you have cats. Now, the biggest danger I see in cats are lilies. And these are true lilies, and they come from the lilium or hemorrhagalis species. I'm really passionate about educating cat owners about this. And the main reason why is because the kitten that I gave my sister unfortunately actually died of acute kidney failure and the kidney shut down and the heart shut down. And unfortunately that cat ended up passing away. And it was because my sister's roommate ended up getting a florist bouquet and that cat had eaten one or two leaves or even some of the petals and it resulted in kidney failure. So if you're not a good botanist or a florist and you're not sure if it's a lilium or hemorrhagalis species, I'm going to warn you about bringing any florist bouquets or fresh cut flowers into the house. Now, when it comes to lilies, again, it takes as little as two to three leaves, even the petals or even the pollen or water from the vase, and that can be deadly to a cat. Thankfully, very, very safe for dogs, but again, deadly to cats. And it causes something called acute kidney injury, AKI, or acute kidney failure. Now, what are some signs if your cat ate a poisonous lily? Well, thankfully, a lot of cats will actually vomit up part of the leaf. I always say, never bring them into the household. I have people who say, oh, I put them out of reach. That is still really dangerous because if a petal dries off and falls onto the floor and your cat eats even the dried petal, that can still be really poisonous. So if you all of a sudden notice that your cat vomited up a piece of plant material, get to your vet or your ER vet immediately, regardless of what time it is. Some other signs of lilies include not eating, abnormal urination, so urinating a lot or not urinating anything at all, 
lethargy, hiding, not wanting to eat. And I always tell people with any poisoning, the sooner you identify the poisoning, the sooner your vet or your ER vet can treat it, the less expensive it is for you as a pet owner and the safer it is for your dog or your cat. So if you think your cat got into a lily, please get to your veterinarian right away. Even if your cat already vomited once, we may actually give a couple of medications to help induce vomiting to get more of the plant material out. Now, I will say with lily poisoning, your cat typically needs to be hospitalized for at least 48 hours. And that's because we wanna give a dose of activated charcoal to help bind up the poison from the stomach and the intestines, anti-vomiting medication, aggressive IV fluids, and frequent blood work every 24 hours for ideally two to three days. The good thing is there was a study that was published at a University of Pennsylvania, and what they found is that if we can treat these cats early and aggressively decontaminate them, in other words, induce vomiting or give them charcoal, that the prognosis was excellent. There was 100% survival. Approximately 10 to 20% of those cats did have kidney issues, so again, this type of plant can cause severe kidney failure. So absolutely a huge no-no, never bring these into your household if you have cats. If you have dogs, totally fine to bring in, but otherwise I never wanna see these in a household with cats. Another danger are cardiac glycoside containing plants. Now, if you've ever seen a cardiac glycoside containing plant, these are really beautiful, typically outdoor plants. Now, I'm a huge gardener, and even I have some of these poisonous plants outside, but I always make sure to supervise my dog while he's outside so he doesn't get these, and I keep my cats inside to be safe. Some types of cardiac glycoside plants include lily of the valley, oleander, dogbane, some types of milkweed, and the beautiful flower foxglove. These all contain cardiac glycosides. These are really similar to prescription medications used in both human and veterinary medicine to treat arrhythmias. If dogs or cats get into these, they can cause gastrointestinal signs like drooling, vomiting, even diarrhea. But the more life-threatening signs I worry about are when the plants actually affect the heart and they can make the heart rate too slow or really, really fast. It can also cause abnormal arrhythmias or abnormal rhythms. Sometimes we can see salt imbalances and rarely we can actually see central nervous system signs like dilated pupils, tremors, or seizures. The good thing about cardiac glycoside containing plants is honestly, most dogs and cats don't eat them too frequently. If your dog or cat does get into one of these heart plants, you do wanna get to your veterinarian or emergency vet right away because we'll try to decontaminate them, treat them with IV fluids, monitor their heart rate and blood pressure, and thankfully, most pets go home after 12 to maybe 24 hours. A less common type of poisonous plant that I rarely see, but I do worry about, is the beautiful plant called Yesterday, Today, Tomorrow. Now, this one's not very common, but it does contain a poison that can cause severe signs when ingested. Most of the time, I'm gonna see gastrointestinal signs like drooling, vomiting, or diarrhea, but the bigger signs that I worry about is yesterday, today, and tomorrow can actually result in severe seizures. If you do have this beautiful plant, it's usually a light purple or lavender color, beautiful plant, you do wanna make sure that your dog or cat never chews on it. I always say, when in doubt, 
keep your pet supervised outside. If you suspect your dog or cat did get into something poisonous, make sure to contact the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center, your vet, or your ER vet right away. While most plant ingestions in dogs and cats just result in mild signs such as vomiting and diarrhea, again, some poisonous plants can be deadly without treatment. And again, that's going to be lilies for cats. Rarely, it could be these cardiac glycoside plants, or sometimes even rare plants like yesterday, today, tomorrow can cause seizures. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll talk about a few other different type of spring flowers and spring chemicals that can pose a poisoning risk to your dog or cat. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Dogosuds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Dogosud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Dogosuds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We are back. We've been talking about spring poisons that are dangerous to dogs and cats. We've talked about a couple of plants out there, the dangerous lily that can cause acute kidney injury in cats. We've talked about some common outdoor cardiac glycoside plants like foxglove that can cause heart arrhythmias when your dog or cat gets into it. Rare types of plants like yesterday, today, tomorrow that can cause seizures. And depending on where you live, I wanted to talk about the risk of mushrooms. Now, every spring we get a lot of rain in Minnesota, and I always find these brown mushrooms growing in my yard, especially when we get a lot of rain. Now, the problem is mushrooms are really hard to identify. I am not a mycologist. I can't identify mushrooms well, and I will disclose I'm a mushroom hunter. I love to hunt for morel mushrooms but their spongy cap is so hard to confuse with any other type of mushroom. So I feel very comfortable hunting for morel mushrooms. However, when it comes to mushrooms, depending on where you live in the United States, the majority of mushrooms are often benign, but there's a small percentage that can be deadly, even to humans. So I always tell people never eat a mushroom unless it comes in a styrofoam container from a supermarket because identifying poisonous mushrooms can be really difficult. The biggest ones that we worry about that are dangerous to dogs, cats, and humans is the Amanita mushroom. These can actually cause severe liver failure. There's actually five main types of mushrooms that are poisonous, and they all work by different ways. Now, again, the Amanita mushroom is the most dangerous, and that's the one that causes severe liver failure. I actually have heard of humans needing liver transplants because the Amanita is so dangerous. These are often called death cap, death angel mushrooms, and sometimes they look really red warning animals and humans not to eat them. But some Amanita look like just white regular button mushrooms. So again, if you can't identify mushrooms, you always want to remove them from your yard and make sure your dog 
cat, or human doesn't get into them. Another type of mushroom contains something called muscarine, and these result in what we call sludge signs. That's the acronym S-L-U-D-G-E. That stands for salivation, lacrimation, urination, diarrhea. And these will cause clinical signs even in humans when they get into them. It's really similar to organophosphate or carbamate chemicals. And that's similar to VX gas or 7 gas, so chemical warfare. We want to make sure to keep these mushrooms out of reach. But the good thing is there is an antidote, atropine, for this type of mushroom ingestion. Another type of mushroom is the false morel. These kind of look like morel mushrooms, but thankfully, these aren't going to kill you or your dog or your cat. They can cause profuse vomiting and diarrhea, however. Another type of mushroom is a category that just results in gastrointestinal irritation. Your dog or cat might have some vomiting and diarrhea, but thankfully, most of the signs go away after one to two days. The last category, hallucinogenic mushrooms. These aren't life-threatening. These are what a lot of people take illicitly, but When dogs and cats get into them, it can cause walking drunk, abnormal behavior, howling, abnormal eye movements. So we want to make sure to keep all mushrooms out of reach. I say because mushrooms are so hard to identify, as a veterinarian, I have to treat mushroom poisoning or mushroom ingestion as worst case scenario. In other words, if your dog comes in for eating a couple of mushrooms in the backyard, we still ideally want to treat them and hospitalize them. And that's because I'm worried it could be that deadly amanita mushroom that causes liver failure. Most of the time with mushroom ingestion, I'm going to induce vomiting, give charcoal to bind up that poison from the stomach and intestines. Then I'm going to treat them with IV fluids, stomach protectants, liver protectants, anti-vomiting medication, and I'm going to monitor blood work for typically one to two days. The next spring poison I wanted to talk about are fertilizers. Now, thankfully, if you're about to fertilize your lawn and you apply and scatter those little pellets onto your grass, most of the time, it's not going to be a big deal for your dog or cat unless your dog gets into the whole container of it. If you look at the chemical ingredients on a lot of fertilizers, they have these scary looking chemical names and numbers like 10, 10, 20. Thankfully, those numbers usually represent the amount of natural elements in it. So nitrogen, potash, things like that. Thankfully, those rarely result in an issue. However, there are certain types of fertilizers that can contain insecticides, and that means it kills insects. And very rarely, that can cause central nervous system signs like walking drunk and rarely tremors or seizures. So I always say if you are going to put fertilizer down, make sure it's watered down into the ground, or if it's a wet product, then it's dried. And make sure to always store open containers of fertilizers out of reach. The bigger danger that I see is actually something called organic fertilizers. Organic typically means that it contains a carbon molecule in it. And most of the time when you see an organic fertilizer, it's because it's got crushed up dead things in it. Now, a lot of people will choose an organic fertilizer because they think it's more natural, but it's actually organic fertilizers that I worry about being more dangerous and more poisonous to dogs and rarely cats. Most of the organic fertilizers I see out there are bone meal, blood meal, or fish meal. This means it's typically crushed up bone from farm animals. It's dehydrated blood. And these are all natural sources of nitrogen, which is good for the soil. However, as you can imagine, they smell terrible and Labrador retrievers love to eat them. 
So most of the time, dogs don't want to get into regular fertilizer, but if it's organic fertilizer, they find it really palatable and they'll eat a whole bag of it, one or two pounds. The good thing is we can treat this. Most of the time for the treatment of organic fertilizers, we're going to induce vomiting. We're going to hospitalize your dog and rarely your cat. Sometimes we'll do x-rays to see how much of that organic fertilizer is still stuck in the stomach. I'll often treat with anti-vomiting medications and a bland diet. And I may do some blood work because sometimes I can see inflammation of the pancreas from getting into an organic fertilizer. The last type of danger I wanted to talk about when it comes to springtime is spring cleaning household cleaners. Now, household cleaners generally can be safe. Most of them are just what we call irritants. In other words, if your dog chews into a container, it might cause a little bit of drooling, vomiting, or diarrhea. I always tell people, good for you for spring cleaning, but please make sure to lock up or secure your dog or cat into another room. And the main reason why is because we don't want them to be exposed to some of these household cleaners. Now, again, most of these are very, very safe. They mostly contain water, some fragrance, maybe some antimicrobial or antibacterial properties. But we do worry about household cleaners that are corrosive. That's different than being an irritant. An irritant is just going to cause minor signs. And most of the time, if you look at the container, it'll say caution on the back of the container. If you use a product that's corrosive, it often says danger on the back of the container. And most corrosive products that you use when you're spring cleaning include drain cleaners, oven cleaners, rust removal products, and products that smell really bad. If the product on the back says, turn on a fan, make sure to keep this out of reach, make sure to use gloves, danger, that usually makes me worried it's a corrosive product. And the reason why it's important to know the difference is because with household cleaners, we never ever want to induce vomiting in a dog or cat that gets into a corrosive product. Because if it's corrosive going down, it's corrosive coming back up when we induce vomiting. So the safest thing you can do is make sure that you secure your dog or cat in another room while you're spring cleaning and that you make sure to clean and wipe away these products appropriately, follow the directions on the container, and please avoid using products if your dog drinks out of a toilet bowl. In other words, I don't want you dropping a chlorine tablet into the toilet if your dog's drinking out of the water, okay? So make sure to use pet-friendly products when in doubt. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. If you're spring cleaning, please make sure to keep those poisonous plants, both outdoor and indoor plants, out of reach. Make sure that you're house cleaning, but using pet-safe products or making sure that your dog or cat aren't exposed to those chemicals. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at drjustine at petliferadio.com or you can find me at drjustinelee.com or on Facebook at drjustinelee. With that, we're out of time and we want to thank our producer, Mark Winter, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.